Holy Spirit, amen. So three weeks ago, we heard in the Sunday Gospel about how this angel Gabriel comes to Zechariah and announces that him and his wife are going to bear a son. And he's in this temple, and he's in the temple of God, he's in the temple of Israel, and he can't believe the word of the angel. He doubts the angel, he doubts the word of the Lord, and so he's silenced for nine months. For nine months he's silenced because he didn't believe. And the angel told him, when these things come, and when these things come to fulfillment, you will see and you will believe. Today, in this gospel, Zechariah sees his son being born. And before this takes place, or after his birth, rather, after John the Baptist is born, because in the time of Israel, you wouldn't name your child until you would take them to the temple and have them circumcised and have them dedicated to the Lord. That's when they would name you. And so they're debating on what they're going to name this child. Remember, Zechariah is still silenced. He's still mute. And he's deaf. He cannot hear. He cannot speak. And so he sees this and they're making signs to him as to what he should be called. Because his wife is saying that his name should be John. But they're saying, but no one in your family has this name. No one in your family has this name. So why are we going to call this this boy John? You know, they were very Chaldean back then, right? It's like girls today, their name is like Grace, and then their middle name is Najah, right? It doesn't make sense. So, but it was the same thing back then. And so they always took the name of the father or the name of the family, and that was their name. And so it made no sense that his name should be John. But both Elizabeth and Zechariah knew that that's what the Lord wanted. That's what the Lord told them that they were going to have this son in their old age and his name would be John. So they start making signs to Zechariah. They want to see what he wants his son to be called. And Zechariah takes a pamphlet, takes a little slate and writes, his name will be John. He's obedient to the voice of the Lord. He's obedient to the angel. He's obedient to God. And then in his obedience, when he finally accepts that this very gift of this child is from God. When he accepts this, he's able to speak. And what I love is what the scripture says before he speaks. It says, Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. That is so important for us. We forget how important it is for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Zechariah speaks this beautiful blessing towards God and to his son, John the Baptist. But before he does that, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. What's beautiful about our faith, especially being Catholics, being Christian, when we're baptized, when we're confirmed, we receive the Holy Spirit. So everybody is probably baptized and confirmed in this church. And in our baptism, in our confirmation, we all have received the Holy Spirit. But there's a difference between between receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Those are two different things. Many people receive an education, right? But there's still some pretty stupid people out there, okay? So many people go to school and receive an education, but are those people filled with knowledge and wisdom? Because it's very easy to go to school and to not do any of your assignments, to not study, to not read, to sit in class all day scrolling on TikTok, right? 
And it's easy to do that. And are you really going to be filled with the knowledge and wisdom that you're receiving from your education? No. You might be able to fake it till you make it, right? But you're not actually being filled with that. It's the same thing with our faith. Every single one of us in this church has received the Holy Spirit. We've all received the Holy Spirit, but not everyone is filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, we receive the Holy Spirit. We can come to Mass and we can receive Jesus in the Eucharist, but being filled with the Holy Spirit is something that is totally amazing and totally different and something that so many people are missing out on, to be filled with God's Spirit. See, the opposite of being filled with God's Spirit is being filled with the Spirit of the world. And that is very easy to do, especially today in our world. To be Catholic, to come to church, but we're filled with a Spirit that is not God. We're filled with the Spirit of this world. One thing that has really caught my attention in these readings is from the first reading, we hear about another birth. There are so many births that take place in the scriptures. And there's this birth of this amazing man named Samson and this announcement of this birth. And what catches me in this week as I've been praying with the readings is when the angel of the Lord comes to announce the birth of Samson, he tells Samson's mother that she's not allowed to have any wine or strong drink and neither will he. Samson cannot have wine, he cannot have alcohol, he cannot have any strong drink. You know who else said that? John the Baptist. John the Baptist did not drink any strong drink, he did not drink any wine, he did not drink any alcohol. No, they were not Muslim, okay? But there's something important here. These things fill us with the spirit of the world. And I think what the scriptures are trying to tell us is to be sober, to be alert, to be awake. I can't tell you how many times as a priest, people have asked me, Father, is it a sin to get drunk? Yes, it's a sin to get drunk. And the scripture is so clear about that. The scriptures talk so many times about how it's a major sin to be drunk. That drunkards themselves do not make it to the kingdom of heaven. St. Paul is so clear about that. And why do we just let that slip our minds? Why do we just easily forget that? And so there's something so important anytime we see in Scripture that someone is told that they will not drink or have any wine or have any strong drink. There's something so important about that. We see that in Samson in the first reading. We see that in John the Baptist in the Gospel. Because it's so easy to be filled with the spirit of the world. And it's so easy in our lives to find rest, relaxation, relief, joy, peace in the things of the world. For example, how many of us need a vacation so bad right now, okay? We might need this vacation so bad. We're looking for this relaxation and this relief. And so we think that we can receive this relaxation or this relief by going to Cancun or going to Miami, right? Because we think that's going to give us rest. But my brothers and sisters, we're forgetting that Jesus can give us a far greater rest. Jesus can give us a far greater relaxation that you will ever experience on some beach. I'm speaking from experience, okay? 
in my life, not as a priest, but in my life, I've been to Mexico. And let me tell you, the joy that comes from God, the rest that comes from God does not compare to the rest that comes from the world. It doesn't. So if I want to be filled with the spirit of the world, yeah, I can go do those things. But rest and relaxation comes from God. And when it comes from him, it's amazing. Another example, and I'm going to bring this up, and people hate it, but weed. Why do we turn to weed? When I ask people this question, well, Father, my life is so stressful. And so at the end of my day, I just turn to this. Well, we turn to this because we're trying to receive something in our heart. We're trying to calm our hearts. We're trying to calm our minds. And so we turn to this thing because it makes us calm. But it's only temporary. You see, the peace that comes from God, the peace that comes from the Spirit of God, when we allow ourselves to be filled with the Spirit of God, the peace that comes from that does not compare to any drug, any alcohol, any drink. The peace that comes from God is uncomparable to what this world offers. Lastly, I think of this time, right? There's so much going on. I always think of how it's so easy in our lives every single night to have something planned. Whether it's a gathering or a dinner or a friend's, something happening with our friends or our cousins, and to fill our schedule with all of these things. To fill our schedule with gathering after dinner, after gathering, after party. And it's easy to do that. And do you know why we do that? Because we don't like being alone. And when we're alone, it takes us to a dark place and we don't like feeling lonely. So we fill our schedules with all of these gatherings and all of these people so that we don't feel alone. Have you ever tried to just sit at home? If you're not introverted, if you're introverted, you love sitting by yourself. It's a little weird, I think, but... Have you ever just tried just being alone? Our thoughts start to run, right? And so this is why we don't like being alone, because we don't like listening to our thoughts. We don't like listening to what's up here. So we fill ourselves with busyness and we fill ourselves with noise so we don't have to deal with what's going up in here and in here. But when we actually take time to not busy ourselves with friends and gatherings and people, when we just sit alone with God, the love that comes from God does not compare to the love that comes from a human being. We're so focused on loving creatures that we forget to love the Creator. The love that comes from the Creator, the love that comes from God, does not compare to the love that comes from the people God has given us. So these are the ways that we turn to the spirit of the world, right? It's not wrong to go hang out with our friends. It's not wrong to go to these parties. It's not wrong to go on vacation. Those things are not wrong. But when we fill ourselves with the world, we're missing out on the greatest gift. We're missing out on all of the gifts that God is trying to give us. But when we allow ourselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, joy, peace, patience, humility, kindness, gentleness, all of these gifts are what we experience when we allow ourselves to be filled. So how do we do that? 
Zechariah says a really beautiful line in his blessing towards God and towards his son. He says, you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give people knowledge of salvation, of their sins, and to bring light to those who are in darkness. He says, you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. Are we prepared for the Lord? Because the way we can be filled with the Holy Spirit is if we prepare ourselves. If we care about God, we care enough to prepare. When we care, we prepare. We need to remember that. We have a week until Christmas. Okay, that's crazy. I can't believe how fast this time has gone. But we have one week left. And think about how much we've spent preparing for Christmas in a worldly sense. Buying gifts, wrapping gifts, How many white elephants? How many secret Santas? I'm going to throw up, okay, at this point. (laughs) Party and gathering and just one thing after the other. I have my family's Christmas party after Mass. I have to go and smile and be nice to people, okay? (laughs) And we just busy ourselves with these things and with the things of the world, and we prepare for the wrong things. When in reality, we should be preparing our hearts, our minds, our souls, And it's so easy right now to be distracted by the world and the spirit of the world and to be distracted by all these things that we forget to prepare for what really matters. The number one way that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit is when you go to confession. When you go to confession and when we walk out of that room, you are kicking out the spirit of the world. You're kicking out the evil spirits that we've allowed in because of our sin and you're welcoming back the Holy Spirit into your heart, mind, and soul. How many of you have had that experience when you go to confession and you walk out? Raise your hand, okay? That's amazing. I'm sorry we don't have confessions today, okay? Father Brian's on vacation. I'm kidding. (laughs) But when you walk out of confession, you walk out with the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit is with you. So this week, throughout our churches, We have hours and hours and hours of confession. Every single church is going to have confession for hours this week. Here at Mother of God, we're having confessions on Wednesday, starting at 5 p.m., and we're going to go till late. St. Thomas has confessions Thursday night this week, and there's going to be 20 priests there, okay? We do this for a reason. Because the best way to prepare for Christmas and Easter is to cleanse our minds, our hearts, our souls, to be cleansed of the spirits that we've let into our heart and our mind, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because these holidays, and what the world gets right about these holidays, is that it's a joyful time. But the world forgets that the reason it's joyful is because of Jesus. That's why it's joyful. The reason Christmas is a time of rejoicing and happiness and joy is because it's about Jesus. And so my brothers and sisters, if you have not been to confession in a while, and if you're one of those people that says, I don't go to confession to a priest, you are missing out on living and being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the most amazing grace when you're able to say your sins to the priest and to God himself. And then you hear those words, I absolve you from your sins. When you hear those words, that is the exact moment that Jesus himself 
is letting go of all the evil we've allowed in, and he's literally sending us his Holy Spirit. The best way you can be filled with his Holy Spirit is by stepping into that room. And so there's no excuse this week. All the churches have this. All the churches have priests, multiple priests, who are dedicating their time to listen, to hear, and to give you God's forgiveness. So don't take that for granted, and don't miss that, because you will be filled with the Holy Spirit when you do that. And so I just pray that in this Mass, that when I call down upon the Holy Spirit, and this is something I keep in my own mind as a priest, in the Mass, when the priest says, may your Holy Spirit come, I'm not just asking the Lord to fill that altar with his Holy Spirit, but I'm asking him to fill me and all of you. So when you hear those words, may your Holy Spirit come, I want you to imagine the Holy Spirit actually coming into your heart to fill you up. May the Lord bless you and keep you and protect you in this last week as we prepare for this Christmas season. And let's turn our minds and our hearts to what really matters, which is Jesus and being filled with his Holy Spirit. Amen.